This week on Ultra 64, we dropped the bomb on you because it's Bomberman. And see, I couldn't think of anything better. We it's had bombs. a blast. Oh, damn it. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog and we're playing it until we're tired of it. My name is Steve Gunley. I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh, we are joined by two guests today. Uh, say hello, two guests. Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Aaron George. Ooh, doctor. Do- doctor Ooh. of Bomb Studies. Yes, oh, exactly. Oh. And I'm Jeremy Hatfield. Welcome back, Jeremy. We have uh, last saw Jeremy on our uh, Hybrid Heaven episode 100 million years ago. Doctor uh, of weird video games. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a doctorate they yet offer, but I wish they did. Man, I think would... somewhere in Australia, honestly. Like, they do a lot of weird ones. <laughs> oh, there. man, yeah. Somebody, like, majors in that one, like, Choaniki or whatever. That, oh, that really, yeah. like, uh, homoerotic shooter from Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. I would major in that game. That one's great. Uh, so yeah, today we are talking about Bomberman, Bomberman 64 and Bomberman 64 Second Attack. Now, originally we had kind of planned to do all three Nintendo 64 Bomberman games, because there's another one called Bomberman Hero, and I think we we decided these two are pretty content-rich, and that third one is like a standalone, like full 3D platformer adventure, so we'll give that one its own episode, and we'll just focus on... The sweet, sweet juice that is Bomberman uh, <laughs> throwing bombs at each other. That sweet, explosive nectar of flame and cinder. And um, lots of hamsters and mice and a uh, weird Pikachu Kirby thing, but we'll get into that in time. Uh, Pikachu so- Kirby and Tails, because like second player can control them. That's right. Yes, that's true. So uh, Aaron is a uh, first-time guest on the show today, and uh, we we asked you to pick any game you wanted to play, and you chose Bomberman. So why why did you go with Bomberman? On so I mean, it's kind of a weird choice. Bomberman. I, I've played a lot of Bomberman games. I like Bomberman, but it's not like but it's not like my like my key thing. But I do love Bomberman sixty four, and Bomberman sixty four is kind of a weird um, like du- like black sheep of the family because mm. a lot of Bomberman players actually kind of kind of dislike it it gets low ratings really? but I think it's like, Bomberman is sort of grounded in 2D right and sort of um, very square flat directions to move whereas Bomberman 64 makes more of an effort to give you more directions well what's interesting about Bomberman 64 is I always think of it much more like similar to like Mario 64 than I do to mm. like uh, any of the other Bomberman games it's an exploration game it's a kind of jumping and kind of platforming and kind of like puzzle platforming it's game. a jumping game without the ability to jump oh yeah that's, that's true. true Yeah, you, you bounce on bombs and you blow yourself up and it's great I mean Bomberman as a series is incredibly prolific and it's been around quite a long time it's it's I think one of the most reliable party games. Uh, if, if like, I think you could bring four players over and just have a really good time playing Bomberman because it's it's kind of a nice little mix of like twitch gameplay and strategy. Like, you yeah, can, you can find success playing with either method. But uh, I'm more of a twitch gamer because I have no attention span. So, uh, but you can you can plot out your routes through these mazes and everything, and you can do really well if you think ahead. Uh, that's not my jam, but you know, I, I appreciate people who can do that. <laughs> it's a good game in the sense that um, usually when you die, it's your own fault. Mm. Uh, mostly stuff doesn't seem too unfair, like somebody outsmarted you and trapped you in an area with bombs, or you stupidly trapped yourself, which we've all done oh, yeah. ma- many times. Today, in fact. Yeah, we've all done it many times today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I died for myself almost every single time. <laughs> that's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. the majority. And well, I don't know, something about that kind of makes it addictive, though, when you screw up and blow yourself up. You're like, next time, yeah. I'm going to do it right, and then you blow yourself up again. <laughs> Vengeance my, on yeah. myself! Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the history of Bomberman. So it was first released in 1983 on home computers. I didn't realize it was that old. It's older than me at this point. Uh, it was uh, released on At home this computers. Point, I feel in like Japan. it would always be older than you. Like, no, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't. An early death. I don't plan on aging in the traditional way. <laughs> okay. Like my birthday goes back a little bit. Sometimes it goes forward. Next year I'm going to be born in 1990. Uh, it'll be great. Yeah. 
So uh, it it uh, I think it found major foothold in the states with the uh, NES release uh, that came over here in 1989. The story goes that the series creator uh, Shinichi Nakamoto actually programmed the NES version in one go. It took him 72 hours of just nonstop programming, but he got it done by himself. So uh, pretty badass. Uh, so the core gameplay, I think, has stayed essentially the same throughout the series since its creation. You wander through the grid from a top-down perspective, you drop bombs, you clear obstacles, you find power-ups, and your goal is to destroy your rival bomber men before uh, <laughs> they get you. Or more often, like we say, you get yourself. <laughs> so it's very, very confusing, the backstory as to who are these bomber men and where are they? And is there only one bomber man? Um, there are many bomber men. They all come in different colors. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're not all men, though. Um, they're not all men, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. all different kinds, but they're all bombers. <laughs> they're all bombers. That's right. the important okay. thing. They live on Bomb Planet. Bomber Bomber, bomber Planet in the Bomber Nebula. Uh, in the so Bomberverse. In the Bomberverse. Yeah, yeah they... they uh, the know. economy is probably not very healthy on Bomberman. Bomber. I can't trade you these six bombs for those two bombs. It's all it's all they sell. Yeah, <laughs> it's the I mean, only, they, they eat bombs. They sell bombs. There's different kinds of bombs because there's oh, the red bombs true. that have like the blue explosions mm. compared to the black bombs with the red explosions. What do you think is like the gold standard on Planet Bomber? Is it like the regular like standard ass black bomb, or is no, it the, no. the, the it's the remote no, bombs? No, remote bombs. Like no, remote it's bombs. actually it's those gold cards that you unlock. In oh, there six, you go. Okay, uh, Bomberman sixty four. There you go. Okay, so they do just have their own currency that's extra but then confusingly in the second game we played you collect lots of food yeah and the food doesn't seem to do anything aside from maybe give you points i think it gives Uh points yeah i wasn't clear maybe we're supposed to feed it to our little uh, kirby chew i don't know um but i mean whatever it is the the formula for these games has been incredibly sticky there's been uh between the original games ports mobile adaptations and the japan only releases there have been more than a hundred bomberman games since 1983 which is crazy that's i think that's about double in japan that there are here no i mean i think i think that's that's including japan it's about yeah well that's what uh, i mean uh, yeah yeah i feel like a lot of yeah yeah. jeremy and i were talking most systems have at least one bomberman game yeah yeah Um, in the u.s yeah like super nintendo has two bombermans in the u.s i think as five in japan seven seven Seven. yeah Yeah. seven Seven. that's really out of hand they they have way way too many and uh it's amazing that they try to maintain some kind of continuity but they do a little bit uh but I don't know. We were talking a little bit about best and worst. I mean, your your franchise, the quality is going to vary dramatically when you're putting out this many games. Um, I think the general consensus that we were talking about is the best version is Saturn Bomberman because it lets you have the most multiplayer options. You have up to what was it, Jeremy? Ten? Yeah, you can have ten. Up to ten. Um, it yeah. also has some really have- cool like anime cutscenes. Many controllers, and you need. I think you need two. Uh- Two Saturn multi-taps to play with 10? Yeah, you need two multi-taps. You also need a lot of money, because that Saturn Bomberman is kind of hard to find these days. As uh, is the case with most Saturn games. It's very true. Uh, And Sega Saturns, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I every mean, every piece of this difficult okay, to find. Yeah, yeah. You just you, you need a lot of money to throw in your Bomberman um, games. I, I would say worst game for me. I think I'm the only one in this room who's played Bomberman Act Zero, but uh, it's insanely terrible. It's uh, for those who don't remember in uh, Xbox 360. They released a gritty, grown-up reboot of Bomberman, where he kind of looks like a hulking Master Chief. <laughs> and you wander through a maze, but like the camera's kind of stuck like over your shoulder. Weird. So it's like really stupid, and you can't see where you're going or what you're doing. And, and you still lay bombs behind you? You lay bombs behind you. you, you but you the camera's over other. the shoulder. It's a mess. It's huh. an unplayable mess. Uh, yeah. In a post-apocalyptic world with <laughs> bombs raining down, your friends and family were tortured and killed by bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you as the curator of bombs and now you deliver bombs and you're confusingly in love with bombs and you also generate bombs out of your body so really there's just too many bombs but also I mean, it's very gritty and not funny at all it is very serious it's very serious yeah very straight faced and just obnoxious I mean I guess that's the kind of the heart of Bomberman is that it's sort of all built around blowing up your friends but it's they've got this very colorful cutesy Japanese yeah. art style and like there's fun dinosaurs you can ride on sure and the power ups all have little smiley faces i mean act zero act act zero is like imagine if uh uh, you give mario like you know a big cigar and a shotgun and put him through and make him murder everything i mean that's kind of yeah it's that kind of concept it's really terrible proposed an idea similar to that for mario oh really yeah oh god that was like mario going on a cross-country like bus trip and guns and stuff Ooh, so desert bus with mario plus doom i would play that 
I would not play that. That sounds terrible. I don't want to encourage anyone to make that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, the Hudson has not always done a great job maintaining a cohesive brand with Bomberman. There are games like uh, Robo Warrior, Atomic Punk, and Blaster Master Jr., which are all actually Bomberman games. Oh, weird. They were just renamed confusingly. Uh, over in Europe, this series was called Dyna Blaster for the first several games, and then they just kind of changed it. So, and that's why there's uh, the weird emphasis on the dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, no, Dyna. Dyna. Oh, okay. So there's a weird okay. emphasis on Dynamite, I guess, <laughs> except they're bombs. But I don't know the difference. I mean, all right, here's a, re- here's a real question. These big, round cartoon bombs, do you think those were ever actually real? Yeah, I think so. I Were think they? The early part. Oh. Um, I've never seen one Harold, in real life. Harold Lloyd, um, he's one of the three silent movie stars, yeah. the one that no one remembers. Um, he had a prop bomb that looked like that, and he thought it was a prop bomb, and it was a real bomb, and it blew up in his hand and blew off his hand. Oh, God. Um, and so, like... He at least must have thought that those were props, but I mean they were real. So I mean, but it was one just like that. So I was just curious because I've I've never seen one like in real life. But that's when you think of a bomb, that's like your idea in your head. It There's just some things that you just from exist more in the cartoon canon than the real world, like. Uh... Anvils, like I know people used anvils for purposes at some point, <laughs> yeah. but now we just associate them with dropping on people's heads or stripe or, or stripey triv- prison uniforms. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yep. big sacks of with a dollar sign. Oh on yeah, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. L- the little parasols. Oh that, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> that help you float down on yeah. stuff. How many kids have been damaged? <laughs> I mean, I know I can speak for myself. When I was five, like uh, I, my dad had a big like rubber mallet mm-hmm. and it looked like a Bugs Bunny mallet so I, I went outside I took it I put my hand on a stone oh, no. and I whacked my hand with it and I'm like holy shit this really hurt And oh. uh, but did you bruise yourself oh I did okay yes was, I was five those kind of mallets are usually for like hitting metal things without leaving dents oh okay so they do leave a dent they leave a dent on the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely jumped off the top of the swing set with an umbrella in my hand. Did you really? Yeah. It yeah. was not very high up, so I was fine. But it also, I did not float away. I was one of those weird kids. Like, I was always trying to get as high as possible on the swing set and jump off. Like, and I always wanted to try and get it to loop all the way around. Anyway, that's a different game. That's, that's swing, <laughs> swing set. Swing set, set simulator kids. 64. That's swing set kids. Actually, I would play that. I don't know. We, we need to write down our ideas and start pitching these. A weird snowboard kids spinoff. Yeah, swings at kids. It's a cart racer. Uh, slash it's a, it's a cart racer where you're stationary. And no, there's wheels on the bottom of the swing set. So you're going down the mountain, but you also have to press forward and back. And oh, so you're you, generating. You're, that's, that's your yeah, momentum. To pump. Interesting. I was just thinking every round lasts like five seconds as you go down the slide and like there's a winner. Hooray! Like, oh, <laughs> and they get more complex like water slides and stuff. But they're still okay. only about ten seconds long. Matches are very quick. It's international track and field but it's on the playground so there's all the different events. There's the slide race, the swing set jump, um, Damn it, take which, this down. Take this down. This would not be very different in terms of control than international track and We field. are giving away million dollar ideas Oh, I'm sure. Here. Oh my god. Weirdly, the Bomberman series does have kind of an expanded universe and a continuity that they try to sometimes stick to. Uh, the, the consistent stuff is that it all takes place in the Bomber Nebula and usually on Planet Bomber. Uh, the early games, like, uh, the title character was a factory worker working in an underground bomb plant, <clears throat> creating munitions for the Bungling Empire, which, <laughs> uh, like, deep-cut nerds for that will remember Bungling Empire is the recurring villain for Broderbund games. So, like, like Will Will Wright, the creator of The Sims, his first game was Raid on Bungling Bay for the NES. Oh. So it kind of ties into that. Even though this was never a Broderbund game, I don't know why That's they did so that. Wait, so wait, Simcopter and The Sims exist mm-hmm. in the same universe as the Bomberman universe? I'm going to have to say yes. I, I think they do. Okay. They do. So we need to explain. And, and then Bomberman is a cis trophy in Smash Brothers, so he exists in the same universe as all these other characters. So it's kind of like that theory about TV. Neverwhere. Yeah. Neverwhere theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that uh, with video games. Just imagining well. Bomberman in Smash Brothers as a character. Like, press B to drop bomb. Yeah. Press forward B to throw bomb. It could be like uh, the villager. His special attack is just like dropping a bowling ball on your foot. Like, hold out a bowling ball, drop it. Yeah, it would just be that. The only he moves. Be, he would be great. He, he would be, be really great. good, actually, yeah. I, I think he was kind of wasted as a uh, assist trophy. I think he could be a good, like, playable character. Does Bomberman ever talk? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I think he's a silent protagonist, one of the great silent protagonists. <laughs> yeah, right up there with Gordon Freeman. <laughs> he's going to be played by Harold Lloyd in the movie, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Harold Lloyd's still alive, right? 
No, I know. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. long time ago. <laughs> but like uh, Ness, you could get like Ness, like Link, like Bomberman, the mm. star in a very, very quiet <laughs> adventure. That would be very odd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so eventually it was established that Bomberman is actually like a robot. He's like a friendly robot. But there are some games where like he goes to the surface and he becomes an organic creature. It's it's very weird. It's not all super con- conducive, but uh, we have that. It's kind of like Mega Man in terms of yeah. it. Yeah. sort of ebbs and flows in terms of what's actually going on and what yeah. the backstory is. Yeah, yeah. And Bomberman games, I mean, they're they're one of the better selling uh, video game franchises out there. If you continue, well, can, they better be if you're going for thirty years. If, if yeah, you make two thousand games and each game sells even three copies. <laughs> you're pretty good. You sell a lot of copies. I mean, the, the that's games, a questionable business model. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard. It's hard to be profit on the single games. <laughs> I mean, uh, sometimes these games are pretty rare. For them. like, it tends to be the sequels. Weirdly, like. You can find NES Bomberman for dirt cheap, uh, but Bomberman 2 on the NES, I think it's up to like $300 on wow. eBay right now. And that's the same with this series. Like Bomberman 64, real easy to find. You can get that anywhere. Bomberman 64 2 is one of the rarer games on the system. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that later. But um, There's, I mean, that's just a general rule when it comes to rarity, rare games, expen- is they tend to come out late mm. um, in the system's lifespan. And I guess that's just a trend that... Hudson does with the Bomberman games. They'll release something early, and then they try to milk the last little bit out of it. Yeah. Uh, Bomberman R on the Switch was a launch title, uh, and so, I mean, it's still going. But, yeah, I, I, I'm keeping an eye on Bomberman <laughs> Switch 2. Uh, I'm just going to swoop that up because no one's going to care about it by the time it comes out. Well, a lot of those launch titles launch one at the very beginning to show what the system can do, and then they do a very complicated game at the end when no one's buying the system anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Donkey Kong Country 3 is more or less rare. Like, yeah. um, Mega Man X three is pretty rare on the Super Nintendo. It's just one of those things. And if this was a launch title, then like Which we were talking about that on a recent episode. I don't think I've ever seen a copy of Mega Man X three that wasn't like in some kind of dire condition. Like the label's always peeling <laughs> off or it's like that cartridge is built slightly differently. Is it so like underneath the label there's this little divot in the cartridge. And so almost every single copy I find, the label is worn out in that divot. Whoa. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's an actual reason for that's, that. That's, I thought it was just like people that's were... That's real deep knowledge there. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of knowledge you only right. get from Ultra 64. There it's you also go. one of those... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was one of the Blockbuster exclusives. No, X3, X3 wasn't. No. Sure? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't no. think it was either. It was then re-released on a PlayStation, so it's not super uncommon with like anime cutscenes and worse music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a. I don't think it was a blockbuster. Only. I don't know if any of the Mega Man games were, but I'll double check on that. I'm not sure. But we're not talking about Mega Man. We're Aaron, talking Aaron about wishes we were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's get into our first game for today. Bomberman 64, uh, released November 30th, 1997. Developed by Hudson Soft and published by Nintendo, and it is a Nintendo 64 exclusive. So <laughs> I was just. Uh, <coughs> this is really a stupid joke. I'm okay, sorry. No, please. Um, like I was just imagining a weird like Tarzan uh, Tarzan type bit, but with Hudson, and then it gets like Hudson soft, <laughs> Hudson, and then he you know it meets Jane Hudson hard. Like, <laughs> oh for I'm Christ's sorry. sake! I'm uh, sorry. Oh for Christ's sake! <laughs> so okay, moving on. Uh, I Bomberman sixty four. I, I can't. I don't think I can let you move on. I need to. I need to figure <laughs> no. out who Hudson is as a character. So he is like a Tarzan. Fi- okay, now nah, nah, I am no. going to move on. Thank I you. Please do. Uh, so we talked briefly about Hudson stuff before in our Mario Party party episode. Mario, Mario Party. Party. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like an awful, awful game. That's the that was the original pitch for Mario Tennis. They're like, nah, Funny. I'm not sure this is going to click. That's why there's so much plumbing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was the early learning game. Like the Mario is missing. Mario's time machine and Mario Party. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, maybe we're reaching too, for too young. I need to get to the party. Anyway, is dropping there, Goombas. Is yeah. there a potty training game? Like, there must be, but <laughs> maybe. I can't imagine, because if you're young enough that you still need potty training, you don't have the motor skills to play a video <laughs> <Okay>. game. <laughs> this is an untapped market. I mean, maybe it's for, like, weird perverts somewhere. Like, there's a potty training game. <laughs> you're teaching your Japanese maid to poop for you or something. You, I don't know. Th- could, you're right. That probably I'm exists. sure that exists. And now I'm sorry that we got got into this. We're adding this to the list of games we're going to create. There's Swing Set Kids. There's Potty Training Simulator. Uh, let's just keep these going because we're, we're minting money here. So we talked about it on our Mario Party episode, but a quick refresher. So Hudson was one of the longest operating video game companies in the world. Uh, it was absorbed into Konami in 2012. But many of the company's classic franchises are still going strong. I think Bomberman is probably their flagship title. But uh, their hugely successful partnership with Nintendo and the Mario Party games is still the most popular. Um, 
In addition, they've also found success with early platforms like Adventure Island and Bonk. And the company was once big enough that they made a play for the console market with the very well-regarded but little-played TurboGrafx-16. How well-regarded is this? I think nerds like TurboGrafx a lot. love TurboGrafx right like now. It's one a... of the most highly collectible consoles at the moment, and it's hard to find any decent game for it for under 100 bucks. Wow. I feel like it's more of nerds like it because it's obscure it's rather obscure. than it being a particularly good system. You know, I had one uh, for a while, and I really liked it. Like, it plays very well. Like, I, I enjoyed playing Bonk on that thing. And, like, the, the only two games I had, though, were Bonk and uh, Keith Courage because that one's, like, the only cheap right. game you'll find that's anywhere. That's the packing game. That's yeah. the packing game. And you can find – that's pretty much – anytime you're in a retro game shop, that's the only Turbo Graphics game they have. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've had color. I've had a turbo. I have a turbo graphics system. I don't think I've played it in four years. Okay, well now <laughs> your impetus to dust it off. Yeah. I mean, I would say that Hudson was probably most prominent during the N sixty four years, but they've been developing since Atari days. So, oh, I mean, wait, did you want to say something about the turbo graphics, Jeremy? Oh yeah, oh, um, yeah. it's weird because Hudson Soft is behind the turbo graphics and Bomberman being one of their main uh, main cash cows. They uh, only put one controller port on it. Which, for a multiplayer-focused game, it's like, why would you want only one controller port? I mean, probably to sell multi-taps, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's such a missed opportunity, I feel like. I mean, yeah, you, you don't want to... Pl- I mean, again, we'll get to that when we do a Bomberman Hero episode in the future, but I don't know. you don't want to remove your multiplayer from Bomberman completely. The biggest problem with playing four-player Bomberman was finding friends to play it. Like, they can sell multi-taps, I'm not sure they can sell friends. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can sell anything if the price is right. <laughs> I am for sale right now. I'm just saying, yeah. Uh, so this game marks the first uh, foray for Bomberman into 3D. Uh, the gameplay stayed essentially the same, but the developers put a surprising amount of emphasis on the first person mo- or the first player mode, which has uh, been given like a whole epic story and a big cast of characters, and just there's a whole lot going on in this game, like a lot more than you might expect. Yeah, I guess the thing that strikes me about the game is that like you're saying, like there's like a hundred. Bomberman games, and they mm. all stick almost exactly to the exact same formula, except Bomberman 64. They're like, basically, let's just change everything about this <laughs> game. Like, make it the first player Mario 64 adventure mode game. Let's um, make it so the bombs blow up completely differently. Let's take off the emphasis from the multiplayer. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it was pretty interesting and kind of pleasant and fun. I, I have... Excuse me, I have the story from the manual here, and I've left in all of the uh, confusing uh, grammatical errors and spelling errors and weird phrasing here, so uh, bear with me. I didn't write this. From the manual, the Omni Cube absorbs various kinds of energy that exists in the universe. It provides this energy to its owner. When a man called Altair got the Omni Cube in his hands, his insane b- ambition began. Planet Bomber was a peaceful planet that had never experienced danger. And I need to I need to divert from this for a second because I find it very, very hard to believe that a planet whose sole export and sole reason to exist is explosives has never experienced danger. They're a mining company. And we know firsthand that the Bomberman can die from his own bombs pretty easily. I mean, I think they probably have a big sign there that says number of days since last workplace accident zero? and it's just permanently etched in zero. They've even they've stopped trying to modify it. That thing is covered in dust anyway not a lot of bomber men get to to men they're mostly bomber boys, bomber boys. Terrible and that's why they have more accidents because they're not trained <laughs> there are no bomber men veterans to to give show them the ropes uh okay so suddenly altair's huge ship arrived and initiated its attack Bomberman was stunned as there was nothing he could do to stop the huge ship. <laughs> then Sirius, a mysterious helper, appeared in front of him. Listening to Sirius's advice, not advice, advice, uh, Bomberman began his journey to destroy the bases of Altair's allies. What is waiting for Bomberman? Who is Sirius, the mysterious helper? Unless Bomberman destroys the enemies, there will be no peace on planet Bomber. This is the beginning of Bomberman battle. So This is the beginning of Bom- Bomberman battle. Not Bomberman 64. Not the name of the game. No, yeah, it, this is the beginning of Bomberman battle. Uh, it's not Bomberman's battle, it's not anything like also, that. Also, if you're going to invade a, a planet, maybe mm. you don't choose the planet whose entire economy is made out of bombs that they can produce at any second. Like, maybe that's not such a smart plan. <laughs> it's like the aliens in Signs, you know, who, who they're, they're vulnerable only to water, yeah. so they show up on the planet with 75% water. <laughs> yeah. Except all aliens are vulnerable to bombs. That's, yeah, exactly. That might not be true. Some bomb or some might be like flame retardant. Mm. Yeah, or like there's like an armadillo species of like they've got armored skin or something like that. 
I believe it. Um, so I'm going to spoil a little something here because the manual spoils it immediately. Uh, they make a, a lot of hay out of like, who is this mysterious, serious figure? And then immediately underneath the story, they list villains, serious, Altair. So I just want to say that this was one of the greatest twists when I was a child. And really? Like, like to, for him, at, after you've collected all of the secrets, which are difficult to find, for him to be the villain is... All of a sudden, flabbergasting. Yeah. So you never read the manual, though. I no. take it. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just assumed that it was a typo. Like, there's already oh, typos. That's true. Like, why not Man. have that one be a typo? He was clearly a helper friend. Like, they accidentally put him in the villain section instead of the question mark section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? He's like a Speed Racers bro. He looks like, uh, what's the Tatsunoku character, like, with the, the white helmet that looks like a hawk? I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one. I don't know. I'm thinking of, like, uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. It's, like, one of the f- characters in there. Anyway, he looks like that. He's got, like, a bird beak helmet. And uh, anime Har- people write in and let Harvey me know. Bird You're talking beak. to two anime uh, people oh, right from, over from there. from the galaxy. From um, Masters of the Galaxy. Yeah, you'll know better than the I The only thing that's coming to mind is Blue Falcon, but I don't think that's I don't think it's Blue Falcon. I don't know. It's, it's He's on the cover of Tatsunoko versus Capcom for the Wii. I don't know. That's a deep cut in itself. Anyway... So, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about the single-player mode on this. So it's... The the game that it most reminded me of was Adventures of Lolo for the NES because it's, like, environmental, puzzle-based, but you also have to defeat enemies at the same time, and you go, like, room to room. In this one, your goal is to hit four switches uh, in each stage to destroy the big crystal, and then you can move on. I think on. that's only the first stage. You always have to find the crystals, but I think in the first stage it's beating the... Yeah, because the dude, second oh, one, okay. it was go up the elevators to get to the crystal. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. So you're, you're supposed to get to the crystal every time, and uh, you need to navigate the environment. So there's a bit of a... Pl- puzzle element to it, a bit of a platforming element to it. They maintain the top-down structure from Bomberman games, which I think works very well for this type of game. It's kind of an odd mix of uh, 2D and 3D gameplay because it doesn't quite put you right down in the world like a Super Mario 64. The camera always stays above you, Mm. which can sometimes be a little odd when you're going up and down because even though the camera's always looking from the top, sometimes your vision is obscured. Mm. And the camera doesn't move at all in this game no um i mean you ha- you can move it but it doesn't move by itself um so it's kind of a static view um it's definitely a different single player mode than the previous bomberman games which were often just like the multiplayer mode arena mm. um just with computer controlled opponents to destroy and so this game they put a lot more effort to be in depth and it's yeah it's a it's a puzzle game mm-hmm. at, at its heart um there's, like, platforms that you need to destroy with bombs, um, some that you kick a bomb under to, like, launch the elevator up in the air, and so you have to run and get on it. And then there's also the bomb jump, which Aaron will describe. So, essentially, you got these bombs that can blow you up, mm-hmm. but also you can't jump for some re- for some reason. Bomberman doesn't know how to jump. Extreme yeah. gravity on Planet Bomber. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I sure. guess. So, instead, they have this whole system where you can put bombs in the gaps and then launch yourself at the bombs, and before they explode, you'll bounce off of them to the next platform. And you can blow up extremely big bombs to make better jumps. If you don't want to, ex- to blow yourself up, you can get remote bombs so that you can set up myriad long jump puzzles. And there's a lot of really interesting like puzzles in this game, especially on the secret levels after you've finished all of the main ones, mm. um, to set up these really complicated like 12 uh, bombs all in different rows to like get you up platforms because Bomberman doesn't know how to climb things or jump things. Right. But honestly, it's a mechanic I really, really like despite the fact that it feels kind of a little bit clunky because mm. it feels like it's kind of like that early N64 thing where they're like, I figured out how to do a physics engine. Here's a weird <laughs> here's a weird effect of my physics engine. Let's have a level based around it. Yeah. It, it has that feeling to it. But at the same time, it gives a lot of puzzle potential. And honestly, as a kid, I was really disappointed and angry when, like, uh, Bomberman Hero added a jump button because that meant that you could no longer do these really interesting bomb jump puzzles. It's As a whole, I think this game feels pretty clunky in general. Um, you have the power to pick up or kick your bombs, but when you run into the bomb, you'll kick it, and to pick it up, you have to sort of face it and press B, mm-hmm. and you often kick it by accident. Um, it's very... I don't know, the 3D is kind of thing seems set on kind of a grid. It doesn't seem fully free movement. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes the controls and just seem a little stiff in this game. You're not always 
Bomberman's not always quite doing what you want him to. I think the problem I kept running into is that when you drop your bomb, it appears in the same space as you. Like, you're dropping yeah. it out of your butt, and you're just standing on it. Uh, so if you want to pick it up, you need to move back or move forward, and then, and then press, turn around, press B. So I think it'd be a much smoother system if when you dropped a bomb, it dropped in front of you, so it's ready to go. And I think other Bomberman games do that. No, they're always, always, they're is it always like on top you. of you? Yeah, okay. that's, this... that's why you kill yourself all the time, is because oh, you drop yeah. it on top of yourself, and you accidentally go the wrong way, and you're like, oh, there's a wall there, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the most, that's one of the most disheartening moments in all of video games, the moment where you drop the bomb in mm. Bomberman, move, realize you're stuck, and then have to wait two seconds before you blow yourself up. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's inevitable. You just yeah. get that moment to reflect on your bomber life and just think yeah, back exactly. on all the bomber things you never bomber did. It's, and, one, uh, it's one of the only video game franchises out there that had clunky controls and they thought about it and they were like, oh... Why don't we just make the game about how frustrating it is when the controls mess yeah, up? Yeah, they, they, it's, it's like we could fix this or we could lean into it. It's yeah. way more fun if the players don't have control over the characters and they sometimes just blow themselves yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird that like after 30-something years, like you would still have a need for refinement. You would still have to be like fine-tuning this material. Uh, but, you know, oh, I just deleted all my notes. Hmm. How did that happen? Are you sure it's not saved right there? There it is. I found okay, it. Okay, hooray. Yay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Bomberman 64, pretty pleasant and fun uh, single-player mode. It's not without its frustrations, but I, I liked what they were going for. I think the, it's the pump up the bomb Pump mechanic. up the bomb. Pump, pump up the bomb. bomb. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's confusing. You, It's not intuitive, but what you do, you have to pick up the bomb and then tap the A button repeatedly to make it grow, and then you can throw it. There's also the, the control stick allows you to throw your bombs at different uh, distances, mm-hmm. which is cool um, from a strategic standpoint, but is very hard to gauge and do correctly. It's something I feel like you can get really good at if you play this a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, I was not good at it. Um, but I mean, obviously the main show with most Bomberman games is going to be the multiplayer. Do you have anything else to say about the single player, Aaron? Um, I feel like you're, in a, you're, you're a very strange person who is <laughs> very excited about the single player of Bomberman 64. So I mean, like that's the reason why Bomberman 64 is not looked upon fondly because mm. like the, everybody just wanted a multiplayer, just like all the other millions of games, and yeah. so they saw the clunkiness of the one player, which is, to be fair, no more clunky than basically any other N64 game. And they they didn't come for that. They came for the multiplayer. But, like, the, the single player has all sorts of cool stuff. It has this cast of four characters. They're all named after... Um, uh, uh, plan- or star systems. So Regulus is like a blue flying dude. Um, Orion is like a big, strong, green, punchy dude. Um, uh, the bad guy Altair is darker-skinned. Um... And then Sirius is evil and flies around and shoots lasers at you. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. It's kind of, these characters are actually fun and likable, even though they only have, like, a couple, like, lines of of stuff. Um, there's really cool boss battles once you get further into it. There's um, a Joker and the secret ones that you will give you an extra life as you fight him. But if you do take it, you lose your chance to get one of the secret um, gold cards that you need Mm. um and then his attacks are all random based upon which cards he picks out um there's a lot of really interesting things in it and the puzzles in it i like more than i think they're very underrated i think there's a lot that you can do with the puzzles there's a lot of exploration there's a ton of secrets in that game and so it's just a very fun exploration game i think and i think that's overlooked when people like look back at this game well because that's not what people associate with bomberman no no it's not what you go for and weirdly like the the multiplayer here almost feels a little bit like an afterthought (coughs) like there's not really there's only two modes you get like your standard battle royale mode and then you get your uh team battle and that's it. And and the team battle is super messed up. It's yeah. not like you're trying to bomb the other team. You're trying to destroy their colored crystals. Yeah. Um, which just doesn't work very well. Yeah. yeah. The, the best way to play the team battle seems to be have one of your players not play Bomberman by yeah. grabbing the crystal and run around with it. <laughs> and then the other. Okay. Sorry, we're back. We had to interrupt to uh, uh, go stop dog chaos. Um, but yeah, the the best. Team battle strategy seems to be have one person not play Bomberman and yeah. uh, run around with the crystal while the other person tries to kill the other person's crystal. And yeah, even, and even I'll admit that as much as I love Bomberman sixty four and would consider it one of like 
the best N64 games. The multiplayer is something to be desired. It's not what you were expecting from Bomberman. The bombs blow up circularly, so it's much more of kind of an arena battle as opposed to kind of like the Bomberman play style of moving around and blowing things up. There's a lot of fun in that you can um, paralyze your enemies, pick them up, and actually throw them off of the stage. Which yeah, is if, you can, if you can stun them by kicking a bomb into them or throwing a bomb on them, they will get stunned, and then you can pick them up and throw them off the stage, which is a very satisfying way to... It's very but you also need to be very aware of your time limits, because that bomb that you just knocked them out with is going to blow up and That's kill true. you, too. That's true. So it's a risk and reward thing, and uh, this one feels much more like... Like, I was talking about how, like, it's a balance of strategy and Twitch. This one kind of removes the strategy because these the arenas are very wide open. Uh, not a lot of obstacles in the way. Not a lot of opportunities to get power-ups. So you're just kind of in this big open space kicking bombs at <coughs> each other until somebody dies. Well, the arenas are pretty varied here. Like, they really, you know, for most Bombermans, all the arenas are laid out the same. They just have some sort of weird gimmick like conveyor belt or high speeds or something like this. This one, um, a lot of the arenas uh, sort of stretch vertically, and so you can go to sort of this overpass and throw bombs down at other people. Um, This game is actually a game I have a lot of fondness for in history, playing the multiplayer on it. I'd have barely played the single player in it, Um, but I think the multiplayer is actually a lot of fun. Um, I agree it's not quite as intuitive as the standard Bomberman multiplayer, um, it doesn't feel quite as clean because it's not clear where the bombs are going to explode and sort of the distance, but I think it scratches a different kind of itch. And it's definitely a game I would happily, if you're in a four-player N64 mood, mm. it's a game I would very happily play. Completely agree, Woody. And like, um, even as even if I'm going to mention some of its like shortcomings, I played a lot of that multiplayer okay. back in the day. Like, It's not... Bomberman multiplayer. It's not what you're expecting from like a regular Bomberman game, but it is fun in its own way, definitely. Yeah. The sure. other thing I'm realizing too in doing this podcast is there's not as many good multiplayer games as we think for the Nintendo 64. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty limited. We've all have this um, association with this N64 being this great multiplayer system because we all played it with four people, but really, you only played about four different games, and we all played them. And it should but be emphasized, our- like, there are a lot of multiplayer games. I would say most games on the system are multiplayer capable, it's just very few get it right. So yeah. Star Fox 64 is a really good multiplayer. GoldenEye no, has a really good multiplayer. We'll find that one. I, yeah. how, how dare you? Star, Star Fox 64, 64 is not a terrible thing, no. Star Fox, for both of us, I think is a top ten game. Yeah. Like, the single player, it, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal, but we played try playing that multiplayer. It's just I boring. No, it's uh, it's Goldeneye, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, and something else. I really hated mm. Mario Kart's multiplayer. At least the well, battle mode. Oh, the battle modes. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, mean Mario Kart's multiplayer. The problem is you don't have computer controlled players. If there's more than two players, right? I'm just talking about the games that we all played. Yeah. As, right, like, yeah. the essential um games for mm-hmm. multiplayer. Um. And hopefully people are going to start playing Quake 2 on N64 now that we've talked it up and made you realize how great uh, that multiplayer on that game is. Did Forsaken Uh, have a multiplayer? mm -hmm. It did. It was kind of a mess, but it was interesting. Oh, right. Um, Bomberman 64, it also feels like it runs slower. The frame rate doesn't really break the game, but it doesn't feel smooth. It chugs. It definitely chugs. Um, One good thing that this Bomberman game did for the multiplayer is when you die, you get to come back as a ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Bomberman multiplayer matches can take a long time, so it's nice to have something to do while you're dead. Um, mm. You can run around and mess up your opponent's controls. Yeah, the ghost is nice because you can sort of just grab people and steer them a little bit in one direction. You can't actually, um, you know, bomb people, but it's a nice way to influence the outcome. Um, I get in fights with your friends. I do have a slight criticism with the ghost thing. I like the ghost. It gives you something to do and that's really important in multiplayer games. The only problem with it is is I think it gives you a little bit too much ability to mess with it. You can kick bombs. You can completely control where someone goes when you get on their back. But it's easy to shake them off quickly as a player. Yeah, I guess I would like them to be slightly less disruptive than they are. That would be my criticism. Yeah, it's uh, the newer like Bomberman R for the uh, Switch... Mm -hmm. They have a system which still lets you do something when you die, but you you get put on a minecart that goes around the level, and you can throw one bomb into the stage. Oh, that nice. was on the PlayStation One as well. Yeah, yeah, that one's been. I like that one too. That's the best way to for Bomberman to have something to do after you die. Yeah. I enjoy that. It's kind of like similar to F Zero X, where you can uh, when you die, like in the death race mode or something, you can you get a little. Uh, uh, 
slot machine mechanic where you can like randomly fuck with people. Uh, it's it's kind of a fun petty way to uh, uh, irritate people. And th- it's also nice to um, just be able to gang up on one person specifically and get them very mad, which is a lot of fun. Um, the game also has a sudden death mode if you're staying alive and running around too long. It'll just say, hurry up! Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of flaming meteors will start falling from the sky. And I think each level actually has a different um, sudden death mechanic. I think so, yeah. too. Which is cool. Well, uh, have we talked enough about Bomberman 64? Do you want to move on to the next so. one? Okay. Yep, All right, let's good. talk about Bomberman 64 Second Attack. This was released on May 28th, 2000, developed by Hudson Soft and released by Vatical Entertainment. Uh, I couldn't find much on Vatical Entertainment. Uh, we will see them again on uh, Polaris Snowcross when we talk about that snowmobile racing game that we're all so excited <laughs> for. Uh, but other than that, they did a lot of ports, a lot of Game Boy games, and nothing particularly noteworthy. Lots of game. They were handling a port of uh, System Shock Two for the Dreamcast that never went through because uh, they mm-hmm. went under. But uh, yeah, that would have been cool. This game very confusingly <laughs> named um, because it's not the second Bomberman game for the Nintendo sixty four, right? No, it's the it's, third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh, that's another confusing thing I forgot to mention with with Bomberman sixty four. Uh, over in Japan, it's called Explosive Bomberman, and there's another game called Bomberman 64 that was only released over there. So like, they, that gets kind of confusing if you're... Um, and it's never called Bomberman Battle, except once yeah, in, the, in, the in, the, in the manual. Yeah, it's time for <laughs> Bomberman Battle. Uh, so yeah, this game is a direct sequel to Bomberman 64. It takes place after the events of the first game. Uh, Bomberman is relaxing on a spa planet after defeating Altair, and he finds a mysterious white egg... Uh, which, uh, and then shortly after that, he's flying home and he's captured and put in space jail, and then the egg hatches. Well, and he, after he fell through a black hole. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Space jail in a black hole. Space jail in a black hole. It's a good place for a space jail. Uh, so uh, that, the egg hatches, and a little creature called Pommy comes out, and uh, it looks like a cross between Kirby and Pikachu, a little pink blob with big pointy ears, refers to itself only in the third person, and it already is very sentient and knows it's the most adorable creature <laughs> in the galaxy because it refers to itself as that. Uh, so the pair team up to defeat a cadre of astral knights, which are trying to obtain all of the elemental crystals. And Palmy, it turns out, can take on the different forms if exposed to an elemental crystal. So that gives you kind of a little strategic edge when fighting things. We also learned that the origins of Bomberman's power is this fire crystal. Like, because he's put in the jail and we're like, why can't he just bomb his way out? Yeah. And then Palmy has to go out and get the fire crystal so you can use bombs. I kind of want, worry if this is kind of the midi-chlorians moment of the Bomberman. <laughs> it might be, yeah, so yeah. Maybe they over-explain it when it was better as kind of like some like inbuilt philosophical like thing that allowed them to make bombs. Yeah, you make the the bombs were inside us all along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you need uh, a way to take the bombs away so that right. you could have story development. It's true, yeah, because we were wondering. It's like, why doesn't he just bomb his way out of this jail cell? Like, it should be pretty easy, but yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they, they were trying to go back and, like, add some backstory to the series. Like, there's some talk about, like, angels and demons and everything like that. I, I tuned out, but... Uh, yeah, they they are trying to add like an origin story, kind of like uh, Legend of Zelda, like with the the three fairies and whatever. Yeah, so it's a um, this game is feels a little cleaner, I guess, in its design than um, Bomberman sixty four. Like it's more cartoony, mm-hmm. and the layout is instead of that sort of isometric viewpoint, it's kind of to the side, um, and so you can see the whole level at once, and it's divided into different rooms as opposed to sort of a big overworld to explore you just sort of go into a room defeat all the guys in that room and then go into the next room i mean this is back to basics in a lot of ways like uh you don't have the big circular explosions anymore we're back to the cross-shaped explosions Mm -hmm. which are uh kind of a mixed blessing because the game is still trying to be 3d it's still trying to be 3d and you never you're never quite sure what the range on your bombs is going to be. You never quite know where it's safe to stand. Well, some of the rooms have kind of a curving design to them, and the bombs when they explode will curve around corners. It's a cool and... mechanic, but it also means you're going to die a lot. Um, in the single player mode, you get a couple. Yeah, it's no longer one hit kills. You get, you get like, like five hearts. You get like five hearts, which is generous, and you can find a lot of them elsewhere too. Um, I, th- I would say the big innovation here is Pommy because Pommy can be controlled by a second player. It's it's uh, one of the rare two-player co-op games on the N64. And early on in the stages we were playing, Pommy doesn't do much uh, because you don't have any elemental powers yet. But you can 
stun an enemy. Like, you can walk up and you can bump your head into them and stun them so that you can drop a bomb and kill them. Do you guys have an opinion on the sort of throwaway two-player co-ops that have been in some games? Like, I remember Tails, right, in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You, you would play with a friend and like, okay, you could be Tails. And being Tails sucks. No, yeah. but everybody because, loves being no, Tails. No, no, because the screen only follows Sonic. So as he's going, you'll just go off the screen and you're not playing for a while. And then Tails will slowly float down. You just die infinitely. Like You just feel like you're kind of an aesthetic addition to the game, but you have no Ask real impact. any 10-year-old who they want to play, and they will 100% say, I want to play Tails. Yeah, but- no, they'll say Fortnite. <laughs> well... But if not... you force them to sit down in front of of Sonic, okay. What, what about... Yeah, he's like gritty Sonic. No, well, I'm not saying that Tails is an inferior character. I'm just saying the two player mode with him as an addition. It wasn't fun since it always follows Sonic. And you're disappearing off the screen for large portions of the I guess my point is, I think they did it well enough that they hid that you actually are powerless and have no control over your time. (laughs) Because I think when you're a kid. I don't think you notice that part. You're just happy you, to be moving. I think, I think it's kind of the equivalent of like when your older brother gives you a controller that's unplugged. So you, yeah. you, you feel like you're playing along, but you're really not. I mean, I do remember having long debates with the person I was playing with over whether you were actually controlling Tails or just thought you were. Yeah. And I think maybe that says a lot about the ability you have to influence the game as Tails. I think that's what that new Black Mirror episode is all about. <laughs> it's, it's the illusion of control. So I didn't play much Sonic as a kid, but me and my brother always played Kirby Superstar. Mm. Uh-huh. And uh, yep. you could another one. absorb a power as Kirby and then release it as a little minion for your second player to play. And I just remember my brother always, like, he would let me play, and then he would just eat me again. And yeah. be like, nope, no playing for you. But there was Gooey in uh, Kirby's Adventure 3, and Gooey was a full-fledged second character with all the same powers as Kirby, and it was awesome. And also I- one of the grossest names in video game history. It's like, I am Gooey. <laughs> That's what he sounds like, I imagine. Oh, I I love Gooey. (laughs) You've struck a nerve insulting Gooey. If you could just lean in and keep repeating, I love Gooey, I'm going to sell this uh, to the same people who are going to make Mario Potty. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's back to basics in a lot of ways. And... um, Single player mode was wound up being kind of frustrating yeah. because we kept blowing ourselves up. Uh, enemies are no longer like just one hit kills either. They have life bars that you need to whittle down, uh, and there are traps set all around so like you could fall through different things. And then every, every we, time I've played Bomberman, I've always thought to myself, "What if this had more RPG elements to it?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this does. Like, you can access a store like randomly, and you could buy a beard, <laughs> uh, and you could buy hints for the bosses. And we did encounter one boss, and it's like the first boss you face is ridiculously hard. Like He's very aggressive. He'll just chase after you and punch you with fire. And it's unclear how you actually hurt him, because sometimes your bombs hurt him and sometimes they don't. Like, So you need to wait for your moment or like stun them first or something. I wasn't totally clear. I just know we kept dying until we got frustrated with it and stopped. Uh, and, and so far we didn't see any of those bomb jump awkward N64 physics puzzles that I love so no, much. No, this is no. a pretty straightforward action game yeah. of just dropping bombs and getting out of the way. It's not nearly as creative as a design of uh, as Bomberman 64. Right. Uh, and again, I think the emphasis has been put back on multiplayer because Bomberman here, we'll talk about that in a later episode, but uh, it kind of came and went and uh, nobody really, it wasn't really very well received because they were trying to do something so different. So I think they wanted to go back to traditional Bomberman. Uh, and as such, yeah, there's, there's five different uh, multiplayer modes on this one, uh, which are all pretty diverse. They're not all very fun, <laughs> but they're all pretty diverse. Like, so you get your standard uh, walk around a grid, blow each other up. Yeah. So this mode. looks almost identical to if you've played a Bomberman game. This this is what it's like. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess here's my take on that though. It, it looks like pretty much the traditional bomber thing. Yeah. There's a grid. There's things you blow up. But it's 3D, and I would say this. If you're going to put it on the N64 and have awkward 3D graphics that are a little bit harder for your eyes to see, and also they take up more um, RAM such that it has more slowdown, I would kind of say maybe it wasn't the best idea to just make a worse version of the Bomberman you got on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the main problem with the multiplayer that I saw was that there's less power-ups than a traditional Bomberman, Mm -hmm. so it was a traditional Bomberman with less power-ups, so... yeah. 
Uh, we kept hitting those like purple masks, which will just cause just, chaos. They just cause chaos. It's just a completely random, unpredictable. I think effect. sometimes the Bomberman games lean too much into weird power ups and randomness, where yeah. they have a skull that has some random effect that you can transfer to someone else by running into them, or they have masks that just do random stuff. Um, and it's a little much. This game seemed to do it a little much. Yeah, I agree. It's it is what you're used to in Bomberman, but I can't really think of any reason to play this over if you have access to Saturn or the Switch One or Super it, Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? There was like a battle royale mode, which is just uh, there's a score attack score where you attack. try to um, you get points by destroying people and getting kills, um, which you won for some reason, Steve. Don't and understand we don't it. Really that, know why. I think that was the battle royale. There's a yeah. score one where I think you're just killing chickens. Oh um, yeah, 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 which opens up a lot of questions. Like, I guess there are chickens on Bomber Planet. Sure. Yeah. Are they tra- are they robot chickens? Do they poop eggs? Can, and, or can bombs? they poop bombs? Can they poop bombs? That's like, the thing. Can everything on Bomber Planet do when that? A, when a chicken lays an egg, is it pooping the egg? Which Am came, I using what the came first, the bomb or the bomb chicken? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so what What was the mode we were playing where it went split screen? That was the key the, one, where you have to gather mode. two keys to win. That one I didn't like at all. Yeah, so it, we played in this big cave, and you sort of just wander around. It's all split screen because the level's a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, and then keys will just kind of randomly appear, and you just run and grab the key, and then the first one to a set amount of keys wins. It's... It's not really. I mean, you sort can, of the bare minimum requirement as gameplay. You can you can take keys from other people, but generally, all you're really hoping to do is wander around and hope to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And there's there's nothing really to it. And I think it, the this, level is too big. It's too hard to actually hit someone with a bomb. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't see anyone very often. Only like I saw a key appear once, and three of us ran for it. But other than that, I, I saw Woody really take saw my key. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that a lot. I saw me running in, taking keys from in front of other people. <laughs> You did pretty well in that mode, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was... Uh, th- I like that there were a lot of options. I think I would probably just stick with the standard mode, like, if I were to play this again, which I, I would probably play this again. Um, I, I, liked, I liked Bomberman 64 multiplayer over Bomberman Second Attack multiplayer just because it had a different feel. Like, it it um, had a more original take Second on it. Second Attack just feels like bad Bomberman, mm-hmm. whereas Bomberman 64 feels like a different kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do uh, do y'all have anything else to say about Bomberman 64 Second Attack? Um, in the one-player mode, the character animations and the like emotions mm. on the characters is great. That's oh, a good yeah, point. yeah, I that's think true. The Bomberman Second Attack uh, really leans into the cartoony graphics. It's got a lot more personality and story than, uh, I don't know, but the characters in Bomberman 64 are sort of odd-looking. Yeah. Um, they just look like weird anime robots, whereas uh, Second Attack awesome is a much... Awesome anime robots. Awesome <laughs> anime robots, whereas Second Attack is much more cartoony. There's what, yeah. maybe too much dialogue. I feel like Palmy talks a little too a much. A lot, yeah. There yeah. was a lot going on. Um, yeah, I mean, this, like I said, this one is one of the rarer games on N64 because it came out very late in the life cycle and it was following two games that already weren't very popular. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. God bless him for pushing through and making another one and giving it a shot. But yeah, it, it'll fetch you a pretty good price. That's um, the Bomberman uh, economic model. If you mm. make a game that doesn't sell, you just keep making games <laughs> until those sell. It kind of is, yeah. It's like one of these is going to take off eventually, yeah. So I, I would have to check the numbers on the Switch version. I think that one probably sold pretty well since it was one of the only games yeah, it was like available. The, the best multiplayer launch title. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, yeah, say I mean, so. the Switch really seems like an ideal. It's a good Bomberman fit. fit. It's definitely a good fit yeah. for that. Well, let's move on to our uh, rankings for these games today. Uh, so each week we are adding games to our ongoing list of uh, Nintendo 64 games. We're at 100 right now because we just played Forsaken. Uh, so uh, we're these will make bring us up to 102 if my math works out. Does it? 100 plus 2. I don't know. We'll have to send in to NASA for that. Yeah, right, right in. If right you can in if you can out. solve that one for yes. us. Yes. Uh, uh, how about uh, Woody, I'll start you off. Uh, where, where are you putting these Okay. Um, like I said, I have fondness for Bomberman 64 multiplayer. It's something that I played a lot. Um, I still think it's pretty fun, um, despite its sort of weird quirks, mm. if you're playing with people who know how to play it. Um, so I'm putting it at number 25, which is right under Ken Griffey Jr.'s Slugfest. Okay. Um, and I do think that the single-player mode is neat, mm-hmm. and I could see getting into it, but I also find the single-player modes in Bomberman to be generally boring. Yeah. I don't like having to place a bomb and wait for it to explode, for something to happen, and I think that the emphasis on puzzle gameplay is creative, but is still 
I don't like puzzly push block games very much anyway. Yeah, yeah. I um, think. Yeah, oh go yeah, ahead. go no go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, second attack, um, I liked less. Um, I don't think that it's a very good game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it it doesn't quite have the uh, identity and weirdness of uh, Bomberman '64, even though it looks nicer and you know is more colorful. Um, so I'm putting that at number forty three, um, which is under Nagano. No, under international track and field. Oh, I was gonna say, Nagano. yeah, Nagano. Yeah, you hated Nagano. Yeah. Um I think I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, like in that I liked uh the first one a little more than the second one. Uh both of these are kind of in a weird place for me because they're games I enjoy, uh, but I'm also probably not gonna think about them again after I play this, and that's not really the fault of them. It's just like you know, there's other games to play. This one doesn't really come up very high priority for me. But I will I will put Bomberman sixty four, uh at number 27, just below Yoshi's Story. And Bomberman Second Attack, uh, it's going to go a little lower. I'm going to put that just below Bust a Move 99, so that's going to be my new number 40. Wow, we put them almost in the same spot. Almost <laughs> in the same spot. Uh, so, Jeremy, you have uh, one game on the list so far because you were on our Hybrid Heaven episode. So yep. where would these compare to Hybrid Heaven? Um, Hybrid Heaven is still the number one game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's still pretty high for me as well. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so if I had to compare... So I'm I'm gonna my overall list will be based on one player experience. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's hard to compare multiplayer against Hybrid Heaven. It is. Um, but I'm gonna have to put I'm gonna be different from you two. Okay, um, please. I'm more of a bomberman yeah. purist. Okay. The circular explosions just throw me off too much. Um, so that along with I feel like the story for Second Attack. Yeah. Seems like it's going to be more detailed and interesting. Yeah. Um, also, I like a challenge, and the the bosses seemed harder. So. Yeah, we kind of had to cruise through. We didn't really get a full-fledged chance to give Second Attack the detail. Yeah, deserved. so I, I think that I'll go Hybrid Heaven, Second Attack, and 64. Cool. Okay, sounds good. And, uh, Aaron, you, you have two games on here. One one over two. Which one? Well, I guess I want to like say it like this. Um Obviously, I don't have the, like, large list, um, but I would say that if I were to, like, include large, more amounts of games, I would say that there's probably that tier of the N64 of classics, like the GoldenEyes and the mm-hmm. Mario 64s. Right. I think, for me, this is maybe, like, the highest game in the next tier right below classics. Yeah. So, okay. like, I, for me, it's higher than things like Yoshi's Story, slightly higher than things like Pokemon Snap, um, but probably lower than kind of all those classics that we all know and love for the N64. Um, And I think it's pretty obvious my feelings on it. I have a lot of, like, childhood um, fondness for Bomberman 64. I didn't remember that Second Attack existed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And probably didn't know I don't think any of us did. It seems like we're playing three games. I'm like, there's three games? Honestly, honestly, I thought the third one was Bomberman Hero 2. That's how forgettable. Which I believe is a game that also exists. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't be sure. I mean, I think in Japan. Probably, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so Bomberman 64 is the better of the two for me. Um, Though I... I want to give Second Attack more of a chance. I want to play through much more of it. Really I'm lets you in. delve into the Bomberman mythos. Really, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's lore, really my yeah. thought here. Yeah. Like, I already learned about where the bombs come from. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a new species. Like, there's all sorts of things going on here that could really add to that universe. You learn that Bomberman can't swim. It's true. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. We do actually have a couple letters this week, uh, which we always love getting. You can send those into ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Please do. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, this first one comes from Jesse Kramer. <clears throat> says, hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Uh, I'm a new listener, so apologies if you've had this question before. Oh. But I was wondering if you're, what your current N64 setup is. Are you using a modded console with Ultra HDMI, original controllers with GameCube-style replacement sticks, has this changed over the course of producing the show? Just wondering, as the GameCube sticks have big issues with fine controls and the Ultra HDMI greatly improves clarity, that I wonder if you've had different opinions on earlier titles based on past setups versus your current one. Cheers, Jesse from Perth, Western Australia. Yeah. Uh, this is probably way too technical for me because well, <laughs> generally our setup is very dependent on whether or not uh, my wife and her friends are watching TV. So if if they aren't, then we play upstairs on the HD TV with uh, with a converter. Yeah, so it's just you plug the R uh, 
the red, you know, the red, yellow, white, and yellow yeah. connector into the HDMI converter and plug that in the into the HDTV, and it looks it looks okay. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, and you don't have we don't have any. Yeah, you have the Pikachu system. I have the Pikachu. Can, um, yeah, yeah. Press yeah, on his foot to reset. Um, but we don't. There's no modded or anything like that. Um, no, no. We just use this, your standard ass uh, N64 controllers, you know. And sometimes if if uh, people use the TV, we go to the basement, we play on the CRT. It's fine. These, um, I don't know. This is kind of a weird area that people are getting into in terms of like uh, figuring out a way to mod and refine these old systems to sort of give like crystal clear picture. Yeah. Um, by basically changing the type of output and things like this, um, as well. And I'm just not crazy about that type of thing. I like, um, you know. I don't want to see the N64 in like a crystal clear output. I want it to be true to what it originally was. And it's the same with the stick. I agree that this, you know, the N64 stick isn't great, but that's the experience you would have been having if you were playing it. Exactly, exactly. I worry from this question that uh, we might be putting off the impression that we're experts in any way on, the, yeah, on, exactly. what, on what we're talking about. We are not. We're just we're fumbling we're just in the dark people here. People who have access to a lot of games and a willingness to talk about them for exactly, a long time. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you very much for that letter. And it's great to hear we have listeners in Australia. It's always exciting. Jeremy, do you have any input or insight on the weird world of trying to upscale video? Um, uh, I just don't do it. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, like, I have a flat screen TV, and that's as much of upscaling as I get. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I wish I had space for a tube TV, but I don't. Yeah. In the world of upscaling, you can get into very strange, expensive worlds. People will try to pull, like, basically pull different models of Super Nintendo that have different outputs and then buy $300 upscalers yeah. to be able to put things in and out. And it's just, it's a little much. I guess my philosophy is if you're going to put all this effort into making uh, this sort of fancier version, why aren't you just playing it on an emulator? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. Or just like a virtual console or something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, okay, we have one more letter. This one's from Elliot Kasanke, Uh and I apologize if we're uh, pronouncing that name wrong. Dear Ultra 64, during your Doom 64 episode, you guys talked about Chex Quest, and I, it brought memories flooding back to me. I definitely played Chex Quest before I ever played Doom, <laughs> and I honestly played it way more than I ever played Doom. Excuse me. In fact, I remember having a light bulb moment where I played Doom and realized where Chex Quest truly came from. I, I like to imagine that he's like, this game is a ripoff of Chex Quest. <laughs> uh, deep down, I knew it was a clone of something, but when I finally got it, it was a revelation. I honestly hold Chex Quest higher up in my esteem because of how much fun I had with it. Do you guys have a similar experience of having played a copy or a knockoff version of something before playing the original, or are there any knockoffs that you play and enjoy more than the source? Keep up the great work. Uh, P.S. The Doom movie is maybe my favorite so bad it's good oh. movie ever. The Rock spouts off some really f- some of my favorite cheesy bad guy lines, and it's a really fun time. Check it out if you haven't recently. I think it's on Netflix right now. I confirmed that it is on Netflix right now. So, is The Rock is the bad guy in the Doom? Movie? He turns out to be the bad oh, guy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, do you, do you have a, a knockoff, or is there a knockoff version that you enjoy more than the original? Uh, well, this is this is weird and not really the answer to the question, but it's the first thing that comes to my mind in the world of podcasting. We got to keep it going. Oh yeah. Um, there's a cover song of the song "Thunder Road" okay. by um, the artist Bonnie Prince Billy, which yeah. I heard, and it's this amazing cover with sort of this drone background, and I thought that was the I had never heard the song "Thunder Road." And I thought what? that was the... Yeah, I know. It's weird. How dare you? I know. It's weird. And I... This version, I'm like, this song is amazing. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this was a Bruce Springsteen song yeah. from 40 <laughs> years ago. Um, but I still enjoy the cover a lot more because um, it has sort of... How a, dare you? Well, you need to listen to this cover, Aaron George. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Thunder Road is a classic. All right. Um, so that's, that's what I'm going to go for. Do you guys have any... Uh, well, Miss Pac-Man was originally mm-hmm. made by modders who just wanted to make a more interesting Pac-Man, and then it was bought by the people who made Pac-Man and turned into a Pac-Man. Yeah, um, we talked about that. And it's basically functionally Pac-Man's garbage compared to Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> yes, that's um, true. Ms. Pac-Man is better in every every way, shape, or form, and no one should ever touch Pac-Man. <laughs> it's true. After seeing Miss Pac, after even seeing Miss Pac-Man out of the corner of their eye, um, <laughs> as well. I mean, like. Uh, Mario 2 is better than Doki Doki Panic. Sure. But yeah. but you would never play Doki Doki Panic. No one like, plays yeah. Doki Doki Panic. Right? I mean, I would I would probably go with like 
Uncharted because uh, when Uncharted first came out, everyone was just talking about how it's a Tomb Raider ripoff, and I think it's kind of gone on to surpass Tomb Raider uh, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, although I do enjoy the new Tomb Raider games, like that have gone on to imitate uh, Uncharted. So um, yeah, so I, I'll probably go with that. Jeremy, did you? Have- um, I can't really think. Of, I I try to separate things from being clones, mm. so I don't really think of them in that light. So I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. So Casey Munchkin from the Odyssey 2, the Pac-Man ripoff on that, that's your answer. <laughs> and I will agree, Chex Quest, uh, it's, as a kid, it was a lot more appealing to me than, uh, than Doom. It's got that fun guy with the weird helmet whose body is a piece of Chex. Yep, yep. Um, and this is a little more interesting than the Doom guy. I mean, you could probably consider uh, Star Wars Dark Forces to be like a Doom ripoff that does Doom better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's more interesting and you has know, a better story. If you story. wanted to break it down, everything is a sort of rip-off or clone of something else. Yeah, everything's just ripping off Pong at <laughs> exactly. this point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Thank you to our two guests for coming in and playing Bomberman with us. We had a lot of fun with you guys here. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, did, did you uh, Do you guys have anything to plug or anything to mention? There are any, any uh, social media accounts you want to point people towards or... You just are just standard dudes, um, just regular regular guys, three regular people. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> We're I don't just think four that. dudes hanging out in an office. Yes, indeed. Okay, everybody. Uh, next week, our game. Okay, this is this is kind of huge. Next week, uh, we are hitting our sixty fourth episode, and uh, since this is a game all about the number sixty four. I think we need to play the 64-iest game that we have in our possession. So we are finally pulling the trigger. We're playing Super Mario 64 next week, you guys. It's a big one. Tune in to that. You don't want to miss it. Also, this is a great time to start telling people to listen to the show uh, because most people don't give a shit about a lot of the games we've been playing, but everyone has an opinion about Super Mario 64, and we want to hear it. Yes. Yeah, send send in now. We get, get... Get your opinion in the Super Mario 64 show read on the Super Mario 64 show. Absolutely. No, I've, I've been putting that out on Twitter. Yeah. I'll put it out again because uh, I want to hear your memories. I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your hot takes. You know, let me know what you think about Super Mario 64. I feel like we all have the memory of putting it in and our heads collapsing. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. my God. All right, everybody. It's going to be a big one next week, so don't miss it. Uh, thank you, everybody, again. And we will uh, just blow ourselves up and end this podcast right now. So I'm just going to light this fuse. Click, click. We have to wait a few seconds. It's going to take a little time. How you guys doing? Fine. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Any, uh, I mean, we're, we're kind of trapped here. <laughs>